welcome back indeed episode number 70 rasball fantasy basketball podcast sun edition so sorry sun and joel edition no menage hi no menage toi today uh we're just going uh just going straight me and joel to some episode number 70 so in terms of jersey numbers we got quite a few um chuck share frank selvi andy costica ed fleming jack eskridge Gigi Datome, Dennis Rodman, and my oh, yeah. and my favorite Nemanja Bialica Bialica. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but I just remember uh, when I first used to start blurbing, um, I used to just love writing blurbs because I get high on the Nemanja, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was good times, man. I used to have a, I used to have a lot of fun blurbing about him. So uh, hey, quite a few numbers, number seventies, uh, in terms of seventy points scored in a game. Devin Booker and that freaking woke guy. Um, Always. Yeah, it's crazy. So what's going on, Joel? How, how's everything? Everything is good, man. It's uh, it's nice to be back uh, sort of in the normal routine with you and I. I thought that the the writer's uh, sort of introduction month uh, of February was was cool, and it was Definitely. good to hear from the contributors. I think, I think it went okay. Um, yeah, for sure. It but good. it's also it's nice getting back in the saddle here and – you know, we're getting down to it, man. It's like 20-ish games left. Like, it's uh, it's the home stretch. So, it's, it's starting to feel a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Um, so, you know, we, we had the outline of, like, um, you know, it's going to be silly season and things like that. Uh, so, let's knock that out and then uh, kind of give updates. I know you had a good sweat for one of your head-to-head teams, so we'll go into that. Um, and then, you know, kind of give update on, on overall teams. I was thinking about it. Initially, I didn't want to talk about my main event team, but then I was like, uh, F it. Like, I'll, I'll go into it just because I feel like um, I have so many shitty teams that I need some <laughs> <laughs> I need some positivity in my life. So, uh, like, that'll Dude, be the... We'll celebrate. Yeah, that's the... Well, no celebration. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, it will turn into some celebration. We shall see. But um, yeah, so that's the the brief synopsis uh, for this pod. So as Joel alluded to, uh, coming stretch time, uh, some some leagues are in fantasy playoffs already. Um, some will be beginning next week, but uh, it's going to be silly season soon. Uh, teams tanking. I think the playing playing game adding adding those teams kind of changes the calculus a bit. Because a lot of teams are still in the mix, you know, like Portland, they have a terrible record, but they're only like a couple of games out from from the playing spots, you know. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting. And uh, I forgot was it? Oh, Aussie, yeah, Aussie kind of mentioned that. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're in the playoff mix, sort of, but more importantly, Dame. I mean, he's just on a different level right now, and it seems like he's gunning for some scoring stuff and some, you know, individual accolades. So, uh, you know, my initial thought was, you know, he may be, he could be a candidate to just sit and shut it down, but um, I mean, he looks pretty locked in, dialed in right now, so maybe he just continues to go uh, through that. So, yeah, we'll go through some teams and then go through a couple players uh, that may be of benefit uh, in this upcoming silly season. Uh, What how have you been your kind of initial thoughts when you've thought about this? You know, I think like the, the note that you have about the play in and how it factors in is really, um, is really relevant. Cause like 
you know, I don't think, I feel like in years past, we had a little bit more clarity as to like where teams were as far as are we still playing or are we not? Definitely. But by including these like extra two teams in the mix, um, you know, it gives a team, you know, like Portland, like you mentioned, or a team like the Bulls that are, you know, there's seven games under 500 and could all you have to do is beat the Wizards, you know, like yeah. it's a, it is a doable task. And so I feel like it's not nearly as clear as it used to be about, you know, this guy's getting shut down because they're trying to, to angle for ping pong balls. Um, I think it's just going to sort of bleed a little bit longer where, you know, teams are going to keep their doors open. Um, yeah. So like, I, I, you know, I'd be surprised if the Blazers shut, shut Lillard down. Um, especially considering like what he, his importance for that franchise. Like if he wants to keep playing, like there's just no way that you're, you're going to take him off the floor. Um, yeah. And you know, like owners are, are self-interested too. And you can generate some, you know, two playoff home games. Um, that's money in their pocket. So, I mean, I think it's been a really good thing for the league in general. Um, Agreed. But it, it does mean that we're sort of going to have to wait a little bit longer to figure some things out. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the West is, is pretty nutty. Um, you know, so the Suns are 10 games back, 36 wins, and they're in the four seed. Uh, but then if you go down to the ninth seed, so Jazz, Blazers, Lakers, Pelicans, they all have 31 wins, and they're only five games back of the four seed. Yeah. And then you have the Thunder, which is you know, 30 wins, so, you know, they're 15 and a half games back of the Nuggets, but they're only five and a half games back of the four seed. So you have what's that? Five, six, six teams. I, you know, right there for the nine, ten spots. Uh, the seven, eight spots. Clippers and Mavs. They're only you know two games ahead of them. So it, it's crazy mm-hmm. nuts. Um, you know, the Eastern Conference is a little more spread out, but you know, I think the teams for sure uh, that are going to be kind of where the Wembenyana shadow is a little too large. Uh, the Spurs. Uh, 16 wins, Rockets 15 wins, uh, and then the, in the Eastern Conference, the Hornets with 20 wins, and the Pistons of 15. So I think those four teams are, are going to be viable teams in terms of um, possible shutdowns, uh, just developing young guys and things like that. Everybody else, you know, even the Magic, they're they're in the mix. You know, they're three and a half games out of the plan, um, and you know, I, I I mean, they're going to continue to play, right? So. Uh, it's yeah, gonna, it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, yeah, sorry, well, you were gonna say no. There's a, a team like Orlando or a team like Oklahoma City, and we've sort of touched on this in past pods. Like, I think there's, I think there's more to be gained by trying and pushing and like asking for uh, playoff level efforts from your young teams than is to be gained by uh, you know getting the difference between getting the sixth pick and the seventh pick. You know what I mean? Like I. I really think that um, I think that bottoming out is really hard on a franchise, and so you know if you've got young guys like Shea or Paolo, and you're in a spot where you're playing meaningful games in March and April, like that shit is invaluable of just like really playing high level basketball, Definitely. or at least as high level basketball as you can. I I did catch the uh, the Magic in in Milwaukee the other the other week and. High level basketball is, uh, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a loose term. Right, right, right. No, you know, it's you know, goes back to my my game of the death theory, right? You gotta, um, 
you can't take the elevator to the top. You got to, you know, walk up each flight of stairs. Uh, and then when you f go to each floor, you got to fight the big boss on each floor. Uh, and the only way to get better is to gain experience and, and, and to battle, right, it, each opponent. So, yeah, those uh, those games, those minutes, uh, very, they're, I mean, they're reps, right? What have you been talking about this this whole season, right? Just getting reps, more reps, uh, more information. So, uh, yeah, I agree. So, the one guy that, that stood out to me, uh, actually, there were two, but w unfortunately, one of them got injured. Um, but Charles Bassey, San Antonio Spurs, 6'9", 230 pounds. He was the 53rd overall pick in 2021 by Philly. Uh, they waived him. Uh, you know, Philly's, they've had some bad history with waving guys, you know? Bassey, Isaiah yeah. Joe, right? Isaiah it's like, nice yo, year. you know, like, I mean, that's some, that's some high-level talent right there. So, um, you know, San Antonio, they scooped him up, signed him to a two-way, and... You know they liked him so much that they converted that two-way into a four-year, ten point two million dollar contract. And you know monetarily, from a I guess a nominal perspective, it's not a huge dollar amount. But I mm -hmm. mean that shows some level of commitment, right, from them, uh, a reward for his play, and kind of like how they see him as, you know, being a pretty significant part of this team going forward, right? Uh, so. You know, he averages 1.17 DraftKings fantasy points per minute. Um, you know, obviously that's a DFS thing, but it's, you know, it kind of gives some perspective on, on his production level. Like, that's really good. Uh, you know, for perspective, it's like Jokic and Jonich are like at 1.7, you know, DK fantasy mm. points per minute. So, uh, you know, anything under one, uh, you know, that's probably pretty poor. So, yeah, that's a, that's a solid number there. Over the last eight games, um, you know, he's been a significant uh, contributor. Uh, he's been in the rotation. He's averaged 18 minutes, nine points, seven boards, two assists, 0.8 steals, one block. I mean, he's stuffing the stat sheet. Uh, but most importantly, the last game he played 25 minutes and the Spurs set Zach Collins. Uh, so, you know, they're well within the Wembenyana steep sweet stakes. And I mean, it's, it's well within the range of outcomes that they sit Collins more and they get Bassey more time. Uh, you know, watching his highlights, I mean, uh, it's nice. You know, he's, he's athletic. Uh, he can, you know, do the rim running stuff, you know, dunk alley-oops. He runs the floor well in transition uh, and, you know, drop coverage on defense. He's, you know, he's agile enough to, to kind of show and then go back when they try to drop that pocket pass. Uh, he has good length. Uh, offensively, I mean, he's I've seen him hit some three pointers, uh, free throws, jumpers. He's got a nice little floater floater game. Uh, you know, he's got some agility, so you know he's switchable too. So uh, I really like him a lot. Um, you know, obviously there's some risk there. Uh, he may not get like you know 25 to 28 minutes on the regular, but mm -hmm. I, I think it's well within the range of outcomes that he gets in that range uh, and, and he plays. And you know, he's his ability to contribute in every statistical category uh it's pretty it's, it's pretty nice so that that was my main guy uh any thoughts on bassy or i like that i mean i i think that the one of the benefits for bassy is that what you said like the, the well-rounded game um some of these other guys that we'll talk about are specialists and that that really kind of a you know you'd rather have a little something of everything rather than one of something um in general but i also feel like the spurs 
are going to be really hard to read yeah. coming down this last month. I mean, I'm a guy who's got, who at least who had a lot of shares of Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, and like, at least with Sohan and Jones, like there's some there's some screwing around there where, you know, Jones missed a bunch of time with a foot injury, um, presumably got it all cleared up, came back, played a game, um, sort of limited minutes, and then was out the next game with the same foot soreness. And so I feel like with, you know, you want to try to stream these guys who are going to get this big opportunity. Um, but I feel like it's going to be really fluid in in San Antonio. And so with Bassey, like, you're not going to be relying on him for uh, one specific thing. So whatever he's going to – whenever he's going to get time, he's going to give you something. Um, whereas if you were looking at, like, streaming in Trey Jones for steals, like, he just might not be there. Um, because, yeah, they're going to – there's going to be a lot of screwing around, I think, for for San Antonio, and they're going to protect those those assets that they've invested more heavily in. You know, the four-year, ten million dollar contract means like we we're happy to have you aboard, but we're really happy to have you aboard at this price. So yeah, for sure, um, it's weird. I, can see them. I mean, they've been Go playing ahead. they've been playing Devin Vassell. So yeah, like you said, it's going to be hard to read because I didn't think they would. I I didn't see the motivation for bringing Vassell back, but mm-hmm. you know they brought him back. He's playing so. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of risk um, here, but you know there's definitely some opportunity as well. So, uh, my bad. You were gonna, you were gonna say something. I just, you know, the the, I could see them like protecting their their like prized assets. You know, like Sohan being a Sohan and Vassell being the guys I'm thinking about most intensely here. Of like, you know, these are as as much as there are foundational pieces to what San Antonio is going to be doing in the future. It's those guys. Um, and so I think you could see some like some healthy scratches or some um, some DNP rests or whatever. Um, whereas Bassey, because you know I don't think that they're viewing him as like the a, a, a key member of the next good Spurs team, they'll be more inclined to just like let him get his run. Yeah, for sure. I think I think we're in agreement here. Um, yeah, I've been I've been trying to get him uh, in a lot of places. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, this just shows how sharp some guys are. I mean, he's been scooped up in a lot of leagues, you know, so um, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, so Dennis Smith Jr., I don't think he's really sneaky just because everyone no. kind of knows, yeah, the situation. Uh, LaMelo Ball's out. Um, you know, he showed early in the season what he can do in the starting role. Uh, I, I wrote him down here because um, I, there's, there's a possibility that some people – um, are not as enamored now because he's not starting. So they moved Rozier down to the one and Ubre, right? And, you know, some people may be turned off by that, but uh, I'm not, you know, because he's still getting 25 minutes a game. And I think at some point, you know, there's a good chance that they just sit Rozier, right? Or, or Ubre, one of those guys, right? So, or both. <laughs> or both, exactly. Uh, so I think the floor is really good right now. Obviously, you know the percentages are going to be tough, so you have to take that into in, into consideration. But, um, you know, I mean, double digit points, four rebounds, six assists, one steal, like one block. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that. Like that ain't bad. You know, that ain't bad. And then, you know, obviously there's upside, right? There's upside if, uh, you know, he does get the 32 to 34 minutes per game. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like that a lot. He's he's my favorite guy on this list. Oh, okay. Um, 
for uh, for sort of what you've said about um, there's floor now. Uh, you know, like he's he's going to get locked into like 28 minutes per game, even as a bench player. Um, but I think that that the line about upside is is probably going to come true of those four teams. So the lottery is is sort of weighted now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be in the the bottom four and. Charlotte has, as you mentioned, five more wins than uh, than the rest of those other three, right. and so I think they would be the most incentive. They'd be the most incentivized to like make sure that they stay down, um, and like you know, shutting down a guy like Kelly Oubre. You know, I feel like that's a, a totally uh, reasonable and viable path forward um, for this. Because like, you know, there really isn't much left to play for here in Charlotte. Smith is a, is a competent basketball player, um, but I don't think he's going to be a winning basketball player. Um, it's sort of the, the perfect guy to be able to do that, uh, sort of fill that, eat those minutes late in the season. Um, and you said that the drawback on him is, is shooting, which is definitely true. The percentages aren't great, but that is also a thing that can fluctuate. You can run into a hot streak. And so, if you're getting all these extra helpers, you're getting the defensive stats, you're getting the dimes. Um, it's a pretty good rebounding from the guard. Like maybe maybe Smith catches a catches a, a heater on the way out the door. Um, that'd be a, a sort of great little parting gift hmm. uh, to fantasy players here at the end of the season. Um, you don't you're not going to bank on that, but if you're looking for um, for upside, that's going to be there for him along with the, the sort of steady floor that already exists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's I always root for Smith because um, I always felt like he was a Stevie franchise Pardue. You know, just his athleticism and the way like he takes it to the rack, and I guess it's mm-hmm. just a uh, it's a testament to actually how good Stevie franchise was. I mean, the fucking guy was amazing, and um, you know, to be able to get to that level is crazy. But you know, you know, it's crazy that Smith was basically like. Like his level as he like he's so athletic that, you know, NBA teams weren't enamored with him. So in the offseason he's like telling his agent, All right, I'm gonna go try for football, pro football. It's like, you know, like <laughs> you know, like no big deal. Like I'm gonna walk down to yeah. the liquor store type of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go down to the liquor store and get some smokes. You know, for him he's just yeah, I'm gonna go try for the NFL. Like no big deal. I think the Panthers have a spot <laughs> open. I'm gonna see what I can do. Yeah, seriously. And you know, that's that's just nuts to me. So um yeah, no. Let's go DSJ. All right, next guy, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, kind of sucks because he injured his ankle uh, last game, but uh, you know we'll see what the diagnosis is uh, with that. But you know if he's able to return, uh, I was pretty high on him um, because you know Bojan's missed the last two or three games, and then um, you know Diallo played 33, 27 minutes. Even when Bojan did play, uh, Diallo was in there 29 minutes and. You know, when Sadiq Bey got traded, I thought Diallo was going to be the guy that would kind of fill in his role. And that's pretty much what he's done. You know, he's attempted 13, 15, 13, 13 shots over the last four. Uh, you know, similar to, you know, to Bay, he doesn't really contribute much in the periphery cats. You know, a couple boards, a couple steals. Mm-hmm. And I, I really thought he was going to get over 30 minutes and run. And, you know, it's not just this year, but, I mean, years in, in years past, when he's been given the opportunity, he's had flashes of brilliance. You know, he's just, he's just whether it be inconsistency or the coaches didn't want to give him consistent run, for whatever re- reason, he just didn't get to that level. But uh, he has shown that he can really flourish and, and have upside games. So 
um you know i think if he's able to if the the lower body injury isn't as severe and he's able to get back into the rotation um i do like him a lot there yeah i've definitely had my um my streams of Hamadou Diallo in the past, for sure. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been down this road. Um, one of the things, I mean, you were right to say that like it's not a, a ton of helpers. When you're looking at Diallo, the thing that you're really streaming for is is field goal percentage. Yep. Um, he, he's sort of unexpectedly strong in that category, and so you can get a little bit of like out of position uh, categorical boost because he's you know he's going to be on on the wing or as a guard, um, but still shooting. Uh, a nice enough percentage to help you out there. Um, it seems to be a, a kind of a one-note uh, kind of player of, of attacking the basket and trying to get downhill. Um, but there's going to be there's going to be a ton of minutes in Detroit if he can stay healthy. I mean, there just isn't. There's no way. There's no reason to play Bogdanovich anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was why why didn't they trade it. him? It's just so crazy. I, I don't get it. I don't get. Maybe it. the move. I think maybe the move for Detroit is like they want to be good next year, you know, like obviously losing Cade this year sort of set the tone for being bad. And then you, you know, you turn it over to Ivy and you let him get his sort of rookie lumps out of the way and hope that, you know, between those two guys coming back, whoever it is, they get to draft and, uh, and then just figuring out which sort of path of big man they want to go down that they can start turning the corner and, and getting off the mat here um but yeah it was it's strange or maybe they just couldn't get couldn't get the first rounder that they wanted for him but um yeah there's just there's no reason for for bogdanovich to still be hanging on yeah uh, playing playing basketball in march and april yeah seriously i mean no you make a good point um and i think uh looking at the houston rocket situation it just shows how imperative it is to have some sort of veteran uh, presence and leadership to kind of uh, teach the young cats like what it means to be a professional, to how to act, and, and things like that. Because in Houston, it's a fucking shit show down there. And I mean, all these things that I'm reading, they're just like, you know, like people are just like, you know, it's a fucking shit show. Like, there's no direction. They don't know what the fuck they're doing out there. So, um, you know, Bojan definitely, you know, uh, a professional is professional. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's been in the league for a while. So, uh, yeah, from that perspective, yeah, I get it. So, um, it does make sense. Does make sense for sure. Yeah, I think they're trying to get a, get that dead cat to bounce next year is where, <laughs> is where that's going, man. Is it's it's been a lot, and they've been down for a long time. I'm I'm sort of hoping that the that the Pistons can do a little bit of a rally. Um, I really like watching Jaden Ivey. Um, I really I enjoyed the the cup of coffee that Cade Cunningham had this season, but um, yeah, Diallo, like I said, Diallo should get run um, because there's just there's no reason for it not to happen. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. All right. So next guy, Jordan Nwara. You may be intimately familiar with him because he was a, a part of the Bucks. So uh, interested. I, I remember a past conversation we had on him. So I kind of have an idea of where you're gonna go. Uh, but let me just let me just go in first, and then we'll let you take the stir because <laughs> I know you're itching to, you know, to to kind of beat me down with it. But um, you know, obviously there's been some injuries in Indiana. Uh, so Naismith has been down. Uh, so Noir is, you know, he's filled in for him. So whether he continues in that role or not remains to be seen. Uh, but when he's on the court, I mean, the usage rate's been over 21%. Um, 
You know, I mean, he's jacking up shots, and he's getting. And when you play next to Halliburton, and and you're gonna get good looks. You know, next to Miles Turner, the floor is gonna be spaced. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if he gets run, right, like he's gonna be valuable, right? He's gonna jack up shots and and, and things like that. So, uh, I know where you're gonna lead. So the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think you really sort of covered it because the the reality is like. Nora was a, a player for the Bucks that, like, if he guarded at all, he could have had a job there because you, you're always looking for uh, a sort of big wing that can help you out. But, um, you know, obviously he was he was part of that George Hill deal that eventually brought Crowder in. Um, but it's, it's, it's an opportunity thing with him because, like you mentioned, Neesmith has been injured. But even even when that was his job, he didn't really run away with it. Um, the Pacers have a couple of these positions. Um, you know, Andrew Nemhard has been consistently starting and playing a healthy amount of minutes at the two, and he just doesn't do anything with it. And that's sort of how Neesmith is as well. I think Neesmith has been a better player than, than Nemhard. But, you know, you look up and down this roster, outside of Halliburton, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference makers. Heald will get some shots off. Turner will get some shots off. But it's it's mostly like someone is gonna we're gonna have to get some 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 offense from somewhere. Um, and yeah, yeah. So Nora played 20 minutes last night. He got 12 shots off. He made seven of them. Um, there's not gonna be a whole lot of helpers as far as non-scoring stats. But you know, getting the buckets was never the problem for Jordan in Milwaukee. And considering the rest of that roster, like, you know, we've already just, we've already seen that Jalen Smith isn't going to gonna take any shots away from anyone. Um, you know, Matherin will still do his thing, but he, they really reserve him as a, as a sort of six man, second unit kind of score kind of player. And after that, it gets really thin really quickly. Um, yeah. I think Nora could, could get a look at it uh, down the stretch here in Indy. Interesting. I thought it would be a lot more uh, negative than that. So, um, well, you yeah. know, it's it, as a points play is really <laughs> what it is. Because, like, you know, like I said, he played twenty minutes last night. He got twelve shots off. He managed to <laughs> scoop up two rebounds and drop one dime. No defensive stats. Um, so it's it's really just points. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, points are a category that we keep track of. So if you need that, that's a place that you can go to. Um, and like I said, there's just not there aren't a whole lot of like other compelling offensive options in Indiana right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, you added some guys at the end to the list, so the floor is once again yours, sir. I did, yeah. Well, so um, Chris Dunn landed a second day, a second ten day contract with the Jazz. Um, this is me just like continuing to be on the wrong side of Colin Sexton, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but you know. The the Jazz moved Mike Conley, and that that took a big part of that sort of backcourt rotation out. Um, Sexton is presently injured, and so Don has been getting quite a bit of burn. Um, it's mostly one of these sorts of things where, you know, I think it it's kind of like what you were talking about with with Charles Bassey of like I don't really see why they wouldn't continue to to throw some some money his way and throw some time his way. Um, just looking at like the larger uh, sort of what they're trying to accomplish there. 
Um, you know, when Sexton comes back, he will get more time. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the Jazz are finally starting to fall out of the playoff race. They're currently in the 10 seed. Um, and I just think that the, the, rest of, the rest of those teams in that sort of grouping, your Lakers, uh, Blazers, uh, maybe Pelicans, maybe not, are going to be more compel- compelled to, to sort of push for it. And so maybe finally, after starting the year as the one seed in the West, the Jazz finally fall all the way out of the playoff picture. And if we get to that point, then, like, you know, I don't see there's any reason to keep on playing Jordan Clarkson. You just continue to free up more of these backcourt minutes for for an inexpensive veteran who, you know, takes care of the ball, generates steals, generates assists. Um, I don't think it's a thing that you need to run out to go get Chris done, but I could definitely see a path forward where, like, when the shutdown finally gets to Salt Lake City, he could be a guy that really stands to benefit. And his steals are great. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the only... I'm going to push back just a little bit um, because, uh, you know, uh, this Utah situation has confounded us from the offseason. Um, probably more our faults <laughs> than, than anything, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, from, from the offseason... Uh, they really did not have any intention of tanking from the get-go. And mm-hmm. it seemed like uh, they just wanted to, you know, implement their system and just get the reps and just have the guys play, get experience, uh, play with each other, uh, learn the system, and just get reps. So I, I'm not saying that tanking is out of the equation because it's definitely well within the range of possibilities for sure. Um, but I just think... Um, you know, they're, they're, they're too good for the women. Yana speaks, speaks, right? Oh, for yeah. sure. So, yeah. so it's like, all right. So then, you know, if you're not gonna, if you're not in the women, Yana speaks, speaks, then, uh, and you know, they are still right there, uh, in the play-in. And so if they're, if I feel like their initial motivation from the beginning of the season was not to tank and just basically, uh, just play, get reps and get to know each other in jail then I kind of lean more towards that way to finish the season uh, so that they can kind of build things and build momentum for next year type of thing. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's where I'll push back a little bit. But I do oh, agree, I if, if they do tank, then then yeah, um, Dunn can definitely, you know, be more more of a, you know, asset. I guess the big key would be, you know, if they sign him to a contract, right? Or if they keep signing to, you know, 10 days or, I mean, obviously if they give him a, a real contract, then yeah, then, then yeah. there you go. That's, that that's the signal, right? That's the bad signal. But um, yeah, so yeah, it, I'm very interested to see how they approach this because uh, it's, it's a real, in a way, it's a very, it, it's a real learning experience for us, right? Just because we, I mean, we totally fucked this whole thing up from the get go, right? And, <laughs> Well, you're um, trying to say that trading for trading Jamal Murray for Colin Sexton was a bad idea. Now? You know, you I really mean, I mean, we've, we've we've talked about this before, but you know, we totally galaxy brained ourselves here <laughs> when it was, you know, if we just, you know, kiss, right, keep it simple, stupid, like <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just right apparent. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very, I'm gonna be very um, uh, attuned and interested to see kind of how they approach uh, the end of the season because. Um, I think that will be very beneficial for the future when, you know, certain situations like that kind of, you know, come up again, because I'm sure that they will. So, 
uh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that's a good point to raise um, about just like what the overall intention is in in Utah. Um, you know, that said, you know, uh, you know, some of the the done thing is predicated on the idea of like he'll be a, a shutdown king. Um, but just looking over the last three games, oh, he's played a lot, yeah. Yeah, he's playing 27, yeah. 28 minutes a game. Sure. So even even without the shutdown, even on ten day contracts, like he seems to be a guy that they've they've plugged right in. For sure. Uh, so yeah, it. I, I will say that these names that I've that I'm bringing up here are a little bit more speculative um, than the ones that you, that you mentioned. Um, That's what the people want to hear. Yeah. To, to listening to me throw darts here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, what else you got? Well, the other the other. The other group is like, you know, I just don't, the Pelicans have fallen like a stone. Oh, yeah. I remember in an earlier podcast, we were talking about like, who's going to win the West? Right. And we were like, you know, Denver or maybe <laughs> Memphis, the, the Pelicans are playing well. And like, you know, Zion has been out for a really long time. Now, Zion has, has been out long enough to sink several of the teams that I have where he's rostered. Um, they're currently the 12 seed in the West. You know, they're in that sort of tangle of Utah, Portland, Lakers, Thunder. Um, you know, it's it's going to be sort of – if it turns out that they're really on the outside looking in, they have some players that I'm really interested in um, sort of deeper down the, the bench that haven't really got a ton of run. Um, Dyson Daniels is one of them. We've talked about yeah, I like the, kind of, the kind of defense he plays – um, he had an injury that he's now come out of mm-hmm. and is starting to get some, some time. Uh, Kyra Lewis was another player uh, that I think he blew out his knee two years ago, and it's been a, a really long run back. Um, but when he plays, he's he's really uh, exciting to watch. Um, and then Jackson Hayes is, is the other sort of young player that has been sort of suppressed by veterans who have been playing a lot while New Orleans is – has been trying to salvage this season. And I guess the, the idea here is like, if things really, if things really go bad in new Orleans, those would be three names to sort of just like keep in your mind um, as we get into like the true heart of silly season. Cause the players that are in front of them are CJ McCollum, Josh Richardson, Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance. Like if we get, if, if push comes to shove, these guys will get uh, some opportunity if if the Pelicans really don't make the playoffs, there's a lot of ifs. I understand, but um, just things that sort of keep rattling around in your brain. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, they call it silly season for a reason, right? <laughs> they just don't know. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, there's definitely going to be some opportunities. So, um, I, I you know obviously following the the standings is going to be pretty big in, in trying mm-hmm. to figure out. Uh, what's going to happen, and then obviously looking at the box scores, looking at the rotations and things like that. Uh, that's going to be very illuminating. And, uh, you know, you're going to be able to get an edge if you are uh, in tune with, with, with all of that. You know, it's, um, you know, the rotations. The rotations is, is really a huge thing. Uh, I know DFS mm-hmm. guys are really uh, into that. Like, they know automatically if, you know, so-and-so is out, then boom, this guy gets the usage and it affects this guy, this guy, right? And so just just knowing how the the matrix kind of shifts when uh, you know certain rotations are are you know kind of um, tinkered with, 
that that that's huge. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, minutes of gold, right? Yo, Joe. <laughs> you know, in, in, that's right. You know, in in the past seasons, I mean, there's been just random dudes that you know just start lighting it up. You know, twenty five point games, and you know, dropping five dimes. And, you, know, you know, I mean, it, it happens. Moses right? Brown, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Mr. 2015 or whatever. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so doesn't exist any other month except for <laughs> April. <laughs> you know, it, it's wild, right? It, it, I mean, it just shows how how talented these fucking guys are. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that like those guys, like uh, even you know Willie Hern- Hernan Gomez, right? Dude, when he plays, he's a permanent monster. Like the dude can score, rebound, whatever. Obviously, his defense is lacking and things like that. But, I mean, he can be a force. And many times, I'm like, you know, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, everyone's like, free willy, free willy. And, you know, so many guys get so, right. you know, they go so crazy with with him. Um, you know, I get it from a real-life standpoint. You know, coaches probably get annoyed at him with, with certain aspects of the game. But, you know, the fact that he can, like, get buckets, like, pretty, pretty well, uh, you know, and the dude can't get consistent minutes in the league, right? That just shows like how, how insane the guys that are actually playing and starting, like how insane those those guys are. You know, it's uh, seriously a real testament to them. All right, that's the appetizer of the pod. You know, to the real meat and potatoes. So Joel had a, a real nice sweat um, on, uh, you know, last day of of the. Has head-to-head playoffs in our 30-30 team, a dynasty league. I I need to. I'm sending you the invoice for the the therapy session. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it yeah. was it was good. So, uh, yeah, you know, break everything down. Kind of give us your thought process on, on all things and and kind of some of the things that you did and did not do to uh, advance to the next uh, round. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, this was the first round of the. 30 team playoffs, um, 16 teams made it, um, had, I, I will, uh, spoil this, had your team been able to advance out of the first round, we would have been talking yes. a ton of that shit because it would have been, been, been great. It would have been you and I yeah. would have been an all Raz ball semifinal here, <laughs> I guess quarterfinal here. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really did. I had a very intense, um, sort of final day decisions where the the breakdown it's a nine cat league i was holding five categories um i had i guess i really only had like one or two in the bag um what was still in play was free throw percentage assists and turnovers and so because i was ahead in turnovers and also chasing steals um you get into this really complicated like trying to finagle a roster where you can strategically get the stats you're looking for without playing enough guys that you end up costing yourself the uh, the the turnover point which was a really like uh, <laughs> as as my dmc would imply was a very uh, challenging thing for me to suss out. And so um, there was also a bunch of sort of complicating factors with uh, roster construction. I I was mistakenly under the impression that if I were ahead at a certain point uh, on Sunday that I could just bench everyone. 
Um, but that is not the case in this league. So I, I had to put players in active slots um, in order to, to satisfy roster requirements. Um, and so, yeah, what, what this ended up coming down to was Frank Nielakina and DeLon Wright against Corey Kispert, Grayson Allen, and Tyus Jones. Um, like I said, with free throws, steals, and turnovers in the mix. Um, and so at different points during the day, I was checking on whether on who this guy was going to play because he had other options he could have gone to. Um, and for a while, he had right on the bench. And I was like, well, if he sits right, then I've got to I've got to protect turnovers and start guys. You know, like Trey Jones was out. Jeremy Sohan was out. I could fill those active slots with guys who I knew weren't going to play. Um, and then when he flipped, like minutes before our tip off, he flips right into the thing, into the starting lineup. I tried to get Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez in, essentially saying I'm not going to, not going to be, uh, I'll concede turnovers in the pursuit of steals. Um, but it turned out that I, I couldn't get those guys in. I was too late. I'd missed the lineup lock. Um, and so I, I just had to watch this very nervy game between the Bucks and the Wizards, really rooting against uh, DeLon Wright doing anything productive. Um, at one point, the, the, the scoring flips because DeLon Wright got an and one and cashed it, which put my opponent up in free throws, and he was up 5-4 at that point. Um, so it all came down to, to Tyus Jones, uh, in the late game against the Clippers. Obviously, the, the Morant situation really, uh, the timing couldn't have been better. You know? uh, Jones got the start. Dylan Brooks was suspended. Uh, Brandon Clark has obviously been lost for the, for the rest of the season. Um, so Jones was really the guy. Um, I, needed, I needed him to not commit five turnovers. And if he could get three or more steals, that'd be great. And if he could make just a single free throw, that'd be amazing. Um, Tyus uh, went absolutely bonkers in that game. I think he had 25 and 10. He also went two of two from the line, which gave me the free throw point back. And then for good measure, he ripped four steals, uh, which actually flipped the steals category. So I ended up winning the week six to three. Um, but man, when I was sitting there trying to figure out, like, do I concede the turnover point? in pursuit of these other counting stats, I was just a ball of tension and anxiety. <laughs> I really, I've, I've spent so much time thinking about this 30 deep team and like trying to figure out how to do it. I was going to be just sick to my stomach if, it, if I ended up losing on a single free throw. Um, and for a while there, that's what I, I thought was going to happen. But, you know, they don't call them Tyus Stones for nothing, you know? <laughs> nice, nice. You know, this is why you get paid the big bucks. Right. It's um, yeah. No, you know it's uh, the 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 stars aligned. Um, and the the Tyus one that's huge. The John Morant, yeah. you know that's that's really really huge. So, uh, you know this maybe this is your density. This is your year, <laughs> right? So, um, maybe yeah, maybe I mean, you know, and I um, I obviously I'm, I'm now playing the opponent that beat you, um, and when you were talking about your team in the past, you, it was the the sort of discrepancy between a good roto team and a good head-to-head -head team and and how the way that you've constructed your roster and similar to how I've constructed mine too, that 
it's a lot it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of quarters making up a dollar as opposed to the the superstars and i'm catching a real break um against this guy just because of the way the schedule works out exactly he's got he's got harden playing four games um but he's also got paul playing two DeRozan playing two um marcus morris is playing two um so like they're uh eric gordon is on his team he's only playing two games there are a lot of there are a lot of things that are sort of breaking well for me now, especially again with the, the continued sort of absence of, of Morant. Like um, Jones is going to be a really, really big player for me down the stretch. I'm hoping for, so. For sure. You know, that that's the thing about head to head. There's so many variables. I mean, the, the obvious, the biggest one is um, the schedule, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you'll go into a week and you're already down hundreds of minutes and it's, you know, and in a deep league where we can't stream in this league, I mean, it's it's, right. it's almost impossible. You know, like so, you know, I was in my matchup, I was down minutes already coming into it, and then, you know, I had you know Simon's out, Gordon missing games. You know, I had some injuries, right? So, it's 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 almost impossible. And you know, obviously, the way that I constructed my team from the get go, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. I I wasn't focused on the head to head at all. Um, yeah. For me, I just I was kind of more focused on the roto, and then if I was able to get lucky and head to head, I'll take it, right? Um, just because, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't, because I think for to construct a good head to head team, you need as much upside as you can, right? So you, the stars and scrubs is probably uh, a better way to do it because you have more upside, right? Because if you have your stars, and obviously they have to stay healthy. And then the key is to get your lower price guys to exceed the value, right? And then boom, mm-hmm. like then, you know, then a team like mine, it's 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 very hard to keep up or or to exceed. And then, you know, if you know, yeah, you just lose minutes. It, it's tough. So, um, yeah, but you know, that's the luck of the draw. That's that that's head to head, right? So, um, yeah, no, I'm glad to see that you're in good position, right? So hopefully. Uh, you know, obviously those virgins that you sacrificed, they were in fact virgins. So good job. Good job by you, Joel. I'm doing what I can, man. Like it, it, it really is like, it's a huge scheduling break. Um, Cause this guy's got a really, I think like if everyone, if you could uh, equalize games played, I'd get cooked. Um, Cause this guy's got Harden, Kyrie, Paul George, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan. And like those five guys are probably having all having better seasons than anyone on my team um so you know the the fact that so many of those you know four of those guys are playing less than fewer than three games or fewer um is a huge deal you know he's he also has like the the scrub component of that like you know there's gary harris on this roster there's landry shamit chetty osman robin lopez like there's a real edge here because of the way the schedule broke down so um yeah we're, you know not count any chickens uh, i might have to do another another tyus stone sweat <laughs> session here on a sunday but um you know i couldn't have asked for a better sort of circumstance um although i like i said i am disappointed that we didn't have the uh i know the all rasball i know that that, that would have been fun um but you know hopefully hopefully next year um you know well and you also might still get that that season long roto. Like, I think you're still in good position. I'm in, for good, that I'm in good position for the roto. Um, but there's still, there's a lot of weeks left. How many weeks are left? 
four four weeks is it let's see. uh at least three yeah so let me see so let's see so one two three so four more weeks you know that's that's a lot of time uh a lot of things can happen uh but yeah it, it would be nice uh to win that just because yeah my my season has been very stars and scrubby um i put a lot of volume uh, i have a lot of shitty ass teams um <laughs> but i do have a couple teams you know in you know that could that could hit it so you know we you know we'll see we shall see you wanted to go over your other leagues so let's uh let's hear it let's hear the breakdown well yeah just because we're sort of at a position now where like we can we can see how it how it went um and you and i were were messaging back and forth about how things went in the writers league you know kelder has been writing about it from for the season talking about how things have gone there's a reason why my team was never highlighted as doing well <laughs> because it, it didn't go well but um you know, we that team missed the playoffs. I think I finished eighth. Um, but I I have a weird uh, pride with that. I you always want to do well amongst your peers. I think that writers league team is or league is really challenging in that regard. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I I had some bad injury luck. Um, but that was a league where I just was grinding the waiver wire. And for about I think it was six straight matchups, I either won or tied. Um, and that, that pulled me, yeah. yeah, pulled me off of, uh, out of the basements and, and into sort of the middle of the field. You actually were the team that sort of, uh, slammed the door on my playoff hopes yes. there, but, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it is a testament of just like, you know, you can draft poorly. You can have some bad luck happen to you. If it happens early enough in the season though, you, you really can just grind out fucking, schedule streams yep. and maximizing games played uh you know during that that run where things were going well i didn't win any week bigger than six three like the margins were never great but there is a there is some sort of bounce back um so yeah the the writers league team was one that i was kind of proud of despite doing poorly um my rcl i i did not make the playoffs there either um that mid-season draft that we did with Racco uh, has not gone well. That's another Zion team that has, has really floundered. Um, I've got a, a team still in the running in a Yahoo Public League. Um, we'll make the playoffs there, I think, and maybe make some noise. Uh, the Raz Jam has gone really poorly. Um, and I pulled off a very successful uh, tank <laughs> for Wimpenyama. Uh, that was another a big sweat of mine was, was making sure I could get down far enough and you know, I was rostering guys like Dalen Terry there to fill out my roster and, and make sure we didn't we didn't catch any accidental wins. So I'm really glad that is over. That was my by far my least pleasurable <laughs> fantasy experience of of trying really and really having to work hard to lose. Um, but we did it, Joe. So um, yeah, that that's generally how things have gone um, for me. And like I said, we'll we'll sort of see what happens with this this thirty deep. That is now like the primary team for me that has got most of my attention. Uh, nice, yeah. And anxiety. No. Yeah, so. no, it's uh, good luck, man. Good luck. It's always Thank good you. to be in the running and, and to sweat. Uh, you know, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about um, your your tanking season. I guess I wanted to say from a perspective of 
uh, like I commission a lot of leagues, and mm-hmm. um, I think we've over the over the years, uh, you know, through just you know, just group think and just kind of just you know thinking about stuff and implementing certain stuff. Uh, I think for the thirty deep basketball team, uh, a lot of guys because I never really liked the uh, you get the number one pick if you have the worst record. Um, I, I never liked that, and that's what you had to you know, what you did, and it it, mm-hmm. it brought us you know a certain level of drama and you know uh, suspense to it, and you know you're basically playing the don't pass line on the craps line, and I, I will say this, hey, like you know have pride in it, have pride, you know like I, I mean <laughs> when I play don't pass, I get a lot of the stink guy and all that, shit. I don't care as long as I fucking make money, it doesn't matter, right? Um, <laughs> it really doesn't matter, right? So I mean I mean. I can go off on this whole, just a bunch of tangents right now with that. Um, okay, so I, 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 won't, I won't go in a direction that I was thinking about going. But what you know, the reason why I brought it up was because, um, you know, for if anyone out there you know is in a league or commissioning a league, uh, the way that we had it set up in, in ours is basically, um, you know, you get it's you know replicated NBA to some degree. You know, the lower uh, you finish down in the standings. You get X amount of you know ping pong balls and and, and so on and so forth. And then, not only that, um, we tied it to the actual NBA draft lottery. So, um, so say like um, you know Detroit ends up you know with the most ping pong balls or whatever, uh, and then we just correlate the the league's team to that team so that the percentages map. So when they do the whole TV thing. Uh, you know, we're actually rooting for, you know, each, each team is rooting for their corresponding NBA team standing. So I thought it was pretty cool. And it, um, it helps with the tanking, uh, aspect of it. And then it also helps with kind of just, uh, interest in the league. And there's another thing to kind of be hyped about it and, and drama about. So, um, you know, that's one thing for, you know, for you guys out there. I mean, I'm always looking for ways to try to make leagues better, um, you know, I, mean, I think that's a good one because like, you know, there was a, there was a period during uh, my tank where like, it looked like I might cough it up at the end. I, I had been running in last or in first, depending on your point of view, uh, the entire year. And I, I really thought like coming in this last week, I might accidentally score too many points and cost myself it. And the, the experience of, intentionally losing is excruciating um the only way that is worse is if you fail to do it correctly (laughs) Um, and so if you if you add that randomization of of the actual lottery um it does take some of the pressure off of um of man just like what a it'd be so gut-wrenching to to lose that much and to and to to give it up at the end because I mean, at the time, like, because Jalen Williams was just like, had turned into the Greek God of steel. So I was like, we've got to, (laughs) we've got to stop, man. We cannot win this category. It's going to cost us so much. I couldn't drop him. Um, So yeah, just like being able to, being able to sort of take some of the bitterness out of it. Cause there was definitely another guy in the league that was also trying to lose games and, and to lose out on a player uh, like Victor yeah. after just having to eat that much shit 
for an entire season. Like that's it just sucks. But but you uh, know, okay, like well so let me ask you this. What was your main why did you feel like shit like going that route? Um, you know, because I don't think anyone is entering into these kinds of contests or fantasy leagues or really like anything that's competitive with the intention of never winning, you know, or the intention of not winning. And obviously it was a strategic choice that I made to do this. Um, but, you know, I, I also, I listened to, uh, to Jake Fisher's book um, while this was going on, which was about, it's called uh, Built to Lose. It was sort of about the Sixers and the tanking era. Yeah. Um, and he talked a lot about like just the, the really like mental, spiritual weight of losing and what it does to franchises, fan bases, all that. Um, obviously, you know, I'm just, I'm managing a fancy basketball team here. It's not at all the same thing, but just like, it's, it's so uncomfortable to not only to not have success, but to not even really be interested in success. Um, it feels like, uh, it feels like it's at, at odds with like what, what we're trying to do with this or, or what the experience is like. And so um, I just, don't, I just don't like losing that much. That's really, that's the short answer. Okay. So it's just really I got you. uncomfortable to lose that much. I got you. Cause so when I think about it, man, there's, there's so many, like, there's so many layers to this, right? Okay. okay. So I get that, you know, you play, you play to win the game, right? You play to win the game. And, but the thing is, especially in Dynasty League, sometimes you have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture, right? And so I guess when you're so focused on each individual season, then yeah, like it can affect you. But I think if you zoom out and you're like, well, my, I mean, I'm playing to win the game. And in order to get to that level, I need to employ this particular strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so the, for me, so that's why... I was kind of, I didn't really understand why it was such an emotional, uh, like, I guess, emotionally draining or emotionally negative experience for you, right? Because cause the way that I would look at it would be like, yo, I'm going to fucking get Victor and he's going to make my team so much better, right? And then that's going to put me in a better position, you know, to to win eventually. Because mm -hmm. I, like, I think the mistake that I see, I mean, I, I've done it too, and... I see it a lot, not just in fantasy sports, but professional sports too, is that like being in the middle is the worst position to be in anything, anything. I think it's applicable to most things in life, actually, right? You either want to be at the top or you want to be at the bottom, right? But since, you know, it's fantasy sports, we'll just keep it to sports. But like when you're in the middle, like you have, like you latch on to this false sense of hope, right? That you can, and you're like, like thinking like, oh, maybe I could get lucky if I just do enough, you know, but, but, but hope is not a strategy, right? Like, and I, you know, I was actually talking to my buddy the other day, he's a Raider fan, and we we're talking about like the whole Derek Carr thing. And so now he's in the Saints. And the Raiders fucked that up, that situation up so bad, like, because not only Carr's a above average quarterback, right? He's not a franchise guy. He's not a superstar guy, right? But they gave him, they re-signed him to this huge contract, right? When at a time when the team wasn't that great, right? They were, you know, 
there was some potential to maybe be a little bit above 500, right? But, you know, the fact that they signed a fairly mediocre, uh, slightly above mediocre quarterback to like that amount of money, like, you know, almost superstar money was the worst thing because you're ensuring yourself mediocrity, right? Mediocrity, right? And so, you know, you either want to, if you're like, if you're like, the 49ers or something that had this great team and you're missing that one piece, then it makes sense to pay. But if you're a middling team, seven and nine team or whatever, seven, eight, you know, like you don't want to be stuck there. Just fucking bottom out. Right. And, you know, go because yeah, if you're stuck in mediocrity, you're going to be stuck in that quicksand forever. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think, you know, that, that was like one thing, like, you know, just kind of because when you were initially telling me about your experience, I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Right. But then hearing you, you're like, you had this like negativity and you felt so down and like that, like I couldn't understand it. Right. But like, I, I get it, you know, hearing you like kind of like talk it out and things like that. I, I, I understand your perspective now. Um, but I mean, you're doing what's best for your squad. Right. That's true. So eventually. Right. Like, you know, the goal is to win. Um, but you know, what, what's the, what's the expression, you know, um, win the battle, lose the war. I mean, you can lose the battle, win the war. Right. So it's just a matter of perspective yeah. and like, what's, what's more important. Right. I mean, I think that's a great point about perspective too, is like, and in reality, I just, I don't have a ton of experience running dynasty basketball leagues. Um, you know, most of the time when I'm playing fantasy basketball, it is a single season redraft circumstance. Um, and so because I conceive, I have a, I have a self image that I'm a, a above average fantasy basketball player, um, having to, having to watch just like week after week of losses, um, wasn't very fun for me. Um, also just like it, it kind of saps, uh, it saps the interest in, in the year, you know, especially considering that like it for the most part until really the last couple of weeks like i was running pretty clear ahead you know it was just like you you set up you set a bad lineup every week and then you can sort of check out um and now we're actually now into a more interesting part of the the calendar for me because um i can start to get good again you know like i i guess that's another component right. of it too, i got you I, I stopped trying to pick up players right. that would be good um, and instead, like Christian Coloco was on this team the entire year. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like, oh, I can't even work the wire. Like, hey. um, but now, like now that we're in the playoffs, like the competitive teams are streaming and and casting off players that I'm sort of sitting there on the sidelines, going, just like, well, right. who are you going to drop? Because right. like I'm sure he's better than Christian Coloco. Um, so that was a big part of it too. Just like all the stuff that I like about fantasy yeah. basketball, about fantasy sports, was just like. Well, sit on your hands for a week. Sit on your hands and and collect these losses. Um, it's a long way to to go. It, um, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but you know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna win. The, you won the war. I you did. fucking well, won the war. <laughs> and you know what's what, it's? I also like. There shouldn't be so much sympathy for me because like I also did this intentionally because I I got the I got the first pick in last year's rookie draft and took Chet. Like if I. This was all conscious. It was premeditated. Yeah. The plan worked. Be happy about it. Yeah. 
shut up about like saying it was painful, <laughs> but uh, it was painful, even if it was successful. Um, I, I, I hear you. I, I'm still, I'm still, I guess I still can't get there in my mind, like how it would be painful, but I, I get it. Like, uh, like listening to you, I understand the perspective. Me personally, like, yeah, I, I personally cannot get there though. You know, it's, uh, well, yeah. just keep on having good teams then. Stan. No, I, no, <laughs> you don't have to worry about no it. trust me. I'm, I mean, I want to get there, you know, like I, you know, Rocco, I think Rocco's the gold standard, right? Like his, um, you know, his level of consistency is, is second to none. I've, I've, I've never seen that, you know, he's just, you know, Rocco props to you, man. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's, seriously, it's, it's really impressive and I, I, I definitely strive to get there. Uh, but you know, especially playing like DFS too, and um, you know, doing some gambling, and I think my trading background actually helps in this too. But you know what? You know what really put everything in perspective for me was like, uh, I think like gambling, sport like sports gambling. That's probably the toughest thing to try to be a professional at, right? Because um, there's just so much information. It's so if that market is so efficient right that the guys that are killing it their hit rate is what 57 percent 58 percent i i didn't know yeah, i thought it was lower it's, than it's, that. that's a huge rate. yeah i mean but, but you know i mean that's little more than a coin flip right and like mm-hmm. you know usually you know you would think it's much higher but um but yeah i mean it you know that's insane right and then then it's just a matter of just leverage and just putting as much volume as you can right yeah and And having the stomach for it too like that's that's a hard way to make a living it's tough it's tough so you know i mean they you know they don't go into it trying to win everything right because statistically it's almost impossible right and um i think dfs the dfs perspective is pretty good in this one as well because um you know i i think i think most of the top guys are uh, they're successful because they're willing to lose, right? And they're willing to take that shot, right? And, um, you know, more often than not, like, you know, I, I think there's a misconception because a lot of people are like, well, they're only good because they put 150 lineups, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, there's a lot of nuance that goes into it, you know, researching, you know, figuring out which stats to use, what, you know, lineup construction, things like that. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, it comes down to uh, not if you're going to lose and how much you lose, because those are inevitable outcomes for most mm-hmm. anything in life. But it really comes down to, and I mean, this is the, the thing that like I, ta- I, I took from trading is it's how much you make when you win, right? Um, yeah, so like if you're always striving for like that third place, third place, whatever, like, okay, yeah, right, you get third place, maybe you get your money back, but you know, if you're trying to win it all, uh, you're gonna fucking end up 12th, you're gonna end up last a lot of times, right? And but it's just when you hit, are you gonna hit it big, right? And so, um, like the whole risk reward stuff, it's just perspective, I don't know, there's just there's so you know there's so many ways there's so many ways to do it to approach it right like you know, even you and i we have totally different philosophies and totally different processes and perspectives 
right? Rocco, totally different. Everybody, you know, that we've brought on the pod, it's just all different. And um, I guess that's the beauty of it, right? Because there's so many ways to slay the cat, right? And, you know, it just all depends on, you know, uh, profile, personality, right? You know, just emotional, mental capacity, just everything. It's just... I fucking love this game, man. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you invoked winning big, and so it it seems like the most natural segue that we could possibly have to to if you're willing to do it and and get over the fear of the jinx, talk about this uh, this main event team of yours because it sounds like you're in the hunt. I'm in the hunt. Um, I think uh, you know uh, pile uh, fish fish is well ahead. Um, and uh, you know, he, he was on the pod, you know, before, was it last year? I think mm-hmm. last year. Uh, so, oh, actually, oh, wait, I'm pulling up the standings now. Oh man. So Curtis, man, Curtis made a big move. So fish was way ahead. Uh, uh reset it for us. What are we doing? Season long Roto? What, oh, sorry. Sorry. How many teams are we doing here? A little perspective. Yeah. So, um, this is a season long Roto. The benches are uh, four bench slots, and what was was it twelve or fifteen? Yeah, so it's twelve team, twelve mm-hmm. team leagues, four benches, and then the rest of two, four guards, four forwards, two centers, two flex, and um, you know I, I was okay in the beginning. I was probably I don't know middle of the pack overall. Uh, that's okay. So there's 60 total teams in it. So what's that? Five leagues of 12. Uh, so yeah, in the beginning, I wasn't too great. Um, but, you know, there's fab in this league. So that's huge. So I've been fabbing my way to stuff. And um, so now I'm in, I'm in sixth overall. And I don't know if I can catch the top guys. So I have 330 overall points. Uh, the top guys have 360. Uh, but there's four weeks left to go, so uh, we'll be see. I mean, I'm just happy to be in this position because I was basically probably 60th last year <laughs> after yeah. you know Paul George and, and Anthony Davis. So uh, you know, I'm I'm yeah, I that. yeah I'm, I'm happy to be in this in this position. Uh, in this, I'm really kicking myself because uh, I didn't take Walker Kessler in this league. And he, Ugh. yeah, you know, I have him in the uh, draft champions. Um, but the reason why I didn't take him was because it's a fab league. And, you know, he was there on the wire. But, you know, somebody beat me to him. Uh, and I could have really used his blocks because um, I think blocks is one of my uh, more terrible categories. So hold on, let me see here. So pull up the league here. I just can't believe you after after all the the digging and research and and uh, shine you put on Walker Kessler that I know the big one. Well, I, although I do understand the idea of like when was he going to play and uh, and maybe not having him on your roster initially. Yeah, initially it was tough because the one thing I learned from my experience last year uh, because I, I took Kyrie in that league too. Um, you can't you can't have dead weight uh, on the bench yeah because right? there's only four no bench stops. yeah and yeah you just have to try to maximize so turner's in this league and like he's been a menace well not a menace he's been a maniac on the fab because 
you know, he's got his big man bills. So he's just basically every week he's probably been picking up three or four guys for a dollar and they've just been streaming threes, right? Threes and points, just boom, boom, boom. And then finally this past, you know, he, you know, he spent a little bit of money. Um, so, you know, I'm seventh in points, uh, seventh in threes. I'm first in points. And remember earlier in the earlier in the season, I was way behind in points. And we were talking, Wong, that, yeah, yeah, Wong was way ahead. Uh, but I caught up because, like, I have a lot of points, guys. You know, assist, I've come back on sixth. Uh, steals, I've made a run fifth. So blocks, I'm in ninth. And that really hurts, right? And, you know, it, yeah. it's been tough getting... I've been having to try to stream blocks from the very beginning. And, um, you know, I picked up, like, Gafford, Bobo, like those guys, Hartenstein. <laughs> and I really... I blew it because I had Okongwu. I missed Kessler. And I... They would have been really huge for me, uh, but I'm second in rebounds, and you know I'm I'm good in percentage. I'm second in both percentages, so I'm in a good I'm in a good position here. Um, it's just I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find those blocks, right? Um, blocks are really hard to find on the wire. Yeah. That, that's it, it, it's the least common stat, and it's a really hard one. Yeah, for sure. So you know it's it's definitely in the mental role like for next year. Because I think I made the appropriate adjustments for this year from last year. Um, and then, you know, my priorities for like, you know, points uh, and a lot of the guard stats. So, you know, I've got De'Aaron Fox, Jordan Poole, Damian Lillard. Uh, I went I went Lillard, bam, my first two picks in this mm. league. So I wanted to lock up that center and the Siakam in the third. Um, and then Levine. Levine was... You know the points, and then I have Markinen in this team, and so those are the main guys. And then the rest I've just picked up. So I picked up Fultz, I picked up Collins, Hartenstein, picked up. Oh, I drafted Josh Hart. I picked up Wiseman. Um, you know, like fucking Troy Brown and Nora <laughs> on this team, just trying to you know fill in stuff. So I don't know if I have the firepower to catch those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just, you know, you never know, right? Four weeks is a lot of time. Uh, it's I do have some horses, so it's it's conceivable that I can make a run. Uh, you know, I'm not really expecting it to, to get to that level. But, you know, if I can stay in this, like, top five-ish area, uh, I'll be pretty happy because of uh, how bad my first year experience was with <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about that. And it sounds like you've made good adjustments, you know, like, this off season was a big one for you. I know that there were some some approach changes yeah. and um, lessons have been have been learned and internalized. And you know, there's still a ways to go, obviously. But yeah, for sure. Um, the jump from 60th to sixth is a big one, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of luck involved too, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's it's all skill because it's not. Um, you know, health most of my guys have been relatively healthy right for most of the season obviously Lillard was down a little bit in the beginning Siakam missed mm-hmm. some games but you know health is health is you know the main thing and this is why Rocco right is is fucking dope right because he stays away from those minefields like he understands he doesn't draft Zion yeah, Williamson yeah, yeah, all over yeah, the place right <laughs> you know like you know he the Royce O'Neals you know those guys like He's just racking up points and just just getting those counting stats, and it's not sexy, but you know, you know, 
sexy is winning the money. <laughs> sexy is winning the trophies, right? Sexy is not, oh, I drafted this sexy player or I got this player, you know, you know, for, at, at value. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's all about just racking as many counting stats as you can, right? And, um, you know, that's one thing I, I'm wondering like because I did so many, you know, DCs. Uh, I'm wondering if. Like, cause I'm gonna go over them in the off season. I'm wondering if I should write a piece to kind of break down all of them. That like that may be beneficial, but just cause like, um, you know, I I did make a lot of mistakes, and you know, my process is far from where I want it to be. And I, there's there's definitely a lot of things I can learn because, like I said, I have so many shitty teams that, you know, in a way, this main event run, I mean, if I had to objectively you know view it, it's probably an outlier. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because all my other sh- teams are pretty shitty, so um, I just probably just ran hot in this one. Just got pretty lucky with you know injuries and you know stuff like that. So, uh, so in a way, you know, it's, it's very humbling, right? Um, both, you know, it's it's humbling to be in this position, but then it's also humbling to kind of realize, yeah, it's it's probably you know probably a lot of luck you know because my results in in other leagues like haven't been on this on this level like i think in draft champions leagues like i may have like five of the like worst teams in the bottom like in the like 200 (laughs) there's probably like two or three hundred the worst teams ever put together (laughs) you know so like um i i mean hold on let me see how many total teams are in this draft champions let's see maybe 300 right so yes, okay. So there's 324. I have one team that's 317, and then I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams in the 200s. Uh, and then I have let's see what one team in the top 100, right? So fucking that's pretty pretty damn terrible. So I, I got a lot of work, man. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Although, like, at least you had the decency of making the one good team the most expensive team, uh, you know? Like, that's, yeah, hopefully. that's a savvy well, move, you know? I wish I was that good, right? I wish I was that good where I could control it. Um, but, you know, that, you know, I mean, it kind of ties into the, uh, you know, kind of be willing to lose. And it's, it's, it's not about how many you win. It's about how much you win, right? Um, so, you know, obviously the dcs um you know obviously you know, it's not shits and giggles like 150 bucks isn't you know that's not chump change right but yeah you know there's definitely you know a lot of it was during the summer right like you know we were you know stuff and you're just trying things and, and things like that so you know obviously main event you know more focused for sure um mm-hmm. but you know yeah I don't know. Hopefully, please, one time, one time, one time. <laughs> We're rooting for you. We're rooting you know, for I, you. I, I want the, I want the, uh, the Disneyland story from worst to first, right? Because I was pretty much the worst last year. Um, it would, it would be nice to go first, but, uh, I don't. Know. We'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. Good luck to you, man. Thank, like I thank said, you. now that, now that you and I are no longer uh, adversaries in any meaningful way, uh, I can, I can say that and mean it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, it's um. I think you have a good chance to win it, you know, to be honest with you, um, because um, I think your floor is a lot higher than most of the teams out there. And, you know, so I got knocked out. Uh, the number one seed got knocked out, 
right? So like mm-hmm. you know, so when he was on our side of the yeah, bracket, you know too. what I'm saying. So the kind of the path has kind of opened up a little bit for you. So if you stay healthy, because you have a lot of minutes on your team, and which was similarly constructed to my team. So if you can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You're basically just gonna out bludgeon most of these teams because a lot of them do have are more stars and scrubs oriented. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for you know a good fortune schedule wise and health wise. Uh, and you know, yeah, since I'm out of it, you know, I'm I'm rooting for you, man. I hope I hope you take it down. Like that'd be that'd be pretty fucking awesome, you know. I agree. <laughs> I think it would be pretty fucking awesome too. <laughs> oh, by by the way. Um, Everybody, you know, Joel took a little hiatus. Oh, are you are you no longer Pele anymore? You're you're back to Joel. No more Pele. Man, it's I so like the I had my uh, six week exam, X rays, everything looks good, healing is cool, no complications. My toe fucking hurts all the time. <laughs> I, I can't remember some some comedian had a bit about like aging and just like, Oh, look, this is just bad now. And I'm like, I'm afraid that's what's going on. I'm going to, I might have to figure out how to do like uh, big toe strengthening exercises to try to get back. Um, Cause I'm, my foot is just sore constantly, but you know, nice. I'm back to kicking tennis balls for the nice. dog. Yeah. Nice. That's, well, that's good. That's good. Not only are you back, but you're also back riding. So everyone go check out Joel's piece, uh, February you know, all stars basically. Uh, the old February yeah. team, not featuring me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was good stuff. Uh, it was good to get you back in the writing sample. I enjoyed reading this, so everyone uh, do that. So uh, have a good one. Good luck, sir. And, uh, and to you. Talk to you guys, everyone, tomorrow, man. Uh, next week. Later, guys. Whenever. <laughs> Later, Joe. <Joel. laughs>